Hello, my lovely hummingbirds. It's your girl, Monroe. And you're listening to... Pop Culture. How's it going, everyone? On today's episode of Pop Culture, we are going to go from the Oscars to new baby announcements to imposter syndrome. (laughs) I know. What the fuck? But before we begin, I would like for all of us to please take a moment of silence for Lance Reddick. Thank you all for joining me in that moment of silence. Now, first up, we are kicking it off with some local Chicago news. As y'all know, and if you don't know, hello, welcome to Pop Culture. It is officially convention, concert, festival season quickly approaching, and let me tell you, I'm so excited, I can't wait. God willing. (laughs) And I say this (laughs) because a girl is in need of a job right now, but God willing, everything goes (laughs) hopefully very prosperous fingers crossed, I will go to Ravinia to see Melanie Gardo and Carlos Santana and Natalia Lafourcade and John Legend and Jesse and Joy. <laughs> Those are just some of the few individuals that will be in attendance, including Miko Marx, Rebirth Brass Band, Neo, which I was like, what? <laughs> Charlie Booth and Carrie Underwood, to name a few. Now, it is being kicked off, I believe, this Friday by the alumni from Stan's Music Institute. So, good luck to them. Uh, Tickets for summer series, summer concert series, do begin May 1st for all the spring dates. Tickets are on sale now, so, you know, get your tickets. Go have some fun. Go to Ravinia you know, have a blast. (laughs) Other individuals quickly coming to Chicago. And I say quickly because let's be fucking real. It's almost the end of March. How did that happen? Uh, (laughs) April 29th, St. Levant is going to be here. And I'm not going to get to go. Unless, you know, like, I don't know, me sale un amor de mi vida that has tickets and is like let's go i'll take you that'd be so cool uh i'm obsessed with saint levant currently i'm just like yes and yes i did discover him on tiktok y'all i did i'm not gonna deny it but his music is so good uh for those of you that don't know he is a artist that he's from gaza and Está radicado in France, so he sings in English, Arabic, and French. And I'm just like, yes. (laughs) Yes to all of it. I would love to see him in person. Another person that is coming, I know you probably already fucking heard about this, but Drake is going to be in town for the week of the 4th of July. He will be performing his It's All a Blur tour uh, the 5th and the 6th. Which brings me to... Taste of Chicago. So, 
usually it is around 4th of July weekend now. They don't do it on the 4th anymore because, like, shit would get too fucking crazy. People would lose their shit. But the NASCAR event has been taking place around that time for, like, the past couple years, I think. And it's (laughs) it's happening again on the 1st and 2nd. So the taste tentatively has been scheduled for September 8th through the 10th. Sueños is coming back. May 27th, two months ago. <laughs> also, Hyde Park Summerfest is June 17th. Uh, la, 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 la. Heat Wave, June 10th. Taylor Swift is coming in June 3rd. Four Stars will be performing at Burlington Bar on the 29th of this month. And What It Felt Like will be performing at Sub T on the 31st of this month. So if you guys want to go check out some local Chicago rock bands, uh, yeah, end of the month, you should you should go. Go support. <laughs> Tell them I sent you. <laughs> also, Fluorescence is on tour. Local Chicago post-pop punk band. They are going to be in Cincinnati at the end of the month, as well as Nashville and then Louisville on April 1st. And no, it is not an April Fool's joke. The boys are touring. Congratulations to them. That is really fucking incredible. So proud of them. <laughs> um, yeah, so also uh, C2E2 is at the end of the month. And like, who wants to take me? Because <laughs> I really... <laughs> the urge that I have in my soul to meet Chris Evans. I need to. <laughs> so Lotto was in town. Uh, <laughs> she was recording a remix to her song. Fuck, I don't want to say this wrong. <laughs> Muska Tools or Mouska Tools with local artist Mellow Bucks. I didn't personally meet her. That would have been pretty fucking sick. But like if any of y'all did, leave a comment in like the description of the podcast if you got to meet her, was she really fucking cool? Like, what happened? Because <laughs> from what I was seeing all over Instagram, there were hella people there. So <laughs> somebody had to meet the woman. Now, in some not-so-Chicago news, but also Chicago because he is a Chicago local, LaRoche has officially retired from the fashion industry. Sort of. Because he's not entirely retiring from the industry as a whole. He is retiring from being a celebrity stylist for some time. He did release a statement on his Instagram account and there was like a big old retired stamp. And I was like, no fucking way. This is a joke. Uh, His career started back in 2009 when Kanye went to the boutique that existed (laughs) in his entonces in Pilsen and... His career basically just started popping off from there. He has dressed a myriad of celebrities. I mean, he dressed Chance the Rapper and his wife at the Met last year. He dressed, obviously, most known is Zendaya. And his reason for leaving the celebrity styling aspect of the fashion industry was that He's over the politics and the bullshit and the gatekeeping and the lies set on him. Now, people tried to drag Zendaya into it and saying that the Vanity Fair show that 
she should have given her seat up to him. And people were saying, like, no, like, the way that fashion shows work is, like, everyone's seats are assigned. The person that was at fault was the person that did not direct him to his seat. However, he also did put out a tweet saying, like, no, this does not mean Zendaya and him are breaking up. Like, not that they're together like that. (laughs) I don't want to confuse anybody that has no idea who these people are. But basically saying that the relationship that him and Zendaya have is very brother-sister. Like, he is always going to have her back no matter what. All that stuff. Now, it was released... (laughs) supposedly and a lot of people are saying that this is the reason for his retiring he has denied this claim but Priyanka Chopra Jonas did a interview discussing how one of the most recent stylings that she had she was basically told that she was not sample size which is a size two and you know it like made her feel like shit and all this stuff and when people put two and two together they were like you know the last person to have styled her just the night before this interview was la roche and everyone was like law did you say this and he's like no that is not what i said he's like but part of my job is basically telling the people that he's styling the celebrities the artists whatever it may be hey from the last time i styled you you've either gained or lost more weight, you've done this, he's like, and I have to go in and say it a certain fucking way, and obviously that means he gets put in the front. He is claiming that the people that were in charge of delivering said message to her, which, like, everyone in Hollywood to some degree has what they're called handlers. They make sure that, like, your shit gets done, basically, in the time frame and everything that it's supposed to be. He, law did state that, like they're essentially the ones that told her like hey you're not sample size and it was a whole thing and he did say that a lot of the politics around the fashion industry like that all the gatekeepers all the times that like his words been misconstrued all this shit he's like that's the reason why he has chosen to step down and did state that in over a decade finally take time to focus on himself Honestly, if he needs this time to recover and not burn out and not fucking lose his shit because of bullshit, I commend him for that. I hope he does take all this time that he needs to recover and to, like, really recuperate himself and because... To him, the way that he stated it was that fashion has never been simply a job or a career. It has always been done with love. It's always been his life. So, you know, he just wants to get back to that. And I I love that for him. So, La Roche, if you ever hear this, uh, I love you. You are an incredible designer. And hopefully one day I can afford to have you style me for the Met Gala, that would be sick, but anyway, in non-Chicago related news, a whole lot of people had babies, (laughs) had babies or are announcing pregnancies, so bear with me on this one. Congratulations to Brenda Song and Macaulay Culkin for welcoming in their second child. Congratulations to Anuel y Yelin Lamas Viral for the birth of their baby 
Katleya. And I'm just going to assume that's how you pronounce it because I don't actually know how to pronounce it. Uh, congratulations to Lindsay Lohan and Badr Shamas on their pregnancy announcement. Congratulations to Alice in Wonderland and her significant other for their baby announcement. Not baby related, and I don't think I mentioned this on the last episode, but congratulations to Adele and Rich Paul for their engagement. And now for the oscars i don't know why i said it like that i'm sorry i don't know how i put up i don't know how i put up with (laughs) me right now but the oscars took place last week and i had to not only did i watch it i sat my ass down for three fucking hours and rewatched it because it was like such a (laughs) i don't want to say tense but dense award show Granted, the Oscars is usually one of the long... I mean, all award shows. Let's be fucking real. All the award shows are long as shit. The Met Gala is like one giant red carpet for like three fucking hours (laughs) of interviews, and I'm trying to be there. Uh, (laughs) All the award shows are known to be very long. The Oscars... Well, so... Se le llaman los Oscars, but they're the Academy Awards... I don't know, because the Academy gives the award, you know, whatever. Uh, (laughs) Now, before we get into all of the bullshit of the show itself, we're going to announce the winners first. So the biggest winners of the night were Everything Everywhere All at Once and All Quiet on the Western Front. The film Everywhere Everywhere, jeez. The film Everything Everywhere All at Once (laughs) took home the Oscar for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Writing of Original Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. All Quiet on the Western Front took home the Oscar for Best International Film, Best Cinematography, Production Design, and Best Original Score. And then The Whale took home the Oscars for Best Actor, and best makeup and hairstyling. That is not all the winners, by the way. We have more. <laughs> Wakanda Forever. So Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Took the Oscar for best costume design. RRR took the Oscar for best original song for the song Natu Natu. Pinocchio took Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio took the Oscar for best animated feature film the boy the mole the fox and the horse took the Oscar for best animated short film women talking took the Oscar for best writing adapted screenplay an Irish goodbye took the Oscar for best live action short film Navalny took the Oscar for Best Documentary Feature. The Elephant Whispers took the Oscar for Best Documentary Short. 
Top Gun Maverick took the Oscar for Best Sound, and Avatar The Way of Water took it for Best Visual Effects. Now, while there was a whole lot of conversation around the new Little Mermaid trailer that dropped and Thames' outfit, (laughs) which, like, when I was watching it, first off, she was such an unbothered fucking queen. I love her for it. She saw the effort, she didn't give a fuck. I was like, yes, sit there in all of your glory. <laughs> Screw whoever else was sitting behind you. She looked radiant. Okay, that is my opinion on that. I don't understand what people's issues are with The Little Mermaid saying that the film looks darker and all this shit. Like, first off, just because the Disney animated films were very... No, I'm sorry. Just because they seemed lighthearted because they are in cartoon form does not mean that the context of even the animated films were lighthearted. There were a lot of complaints around the new trailer seeming very dark and all this stuff. And I'm just like, mm, I don't know. I'm actually pretty fucking thrilled to see this film Uh, that's it that's all i got for that (laughs) i'm excited i'm excited to see it i know that Haley bailey is going to do an amazing job uh i think that they might not change a lot i mean even with like all the other like cinderella maleficent they changed pieces of like the stories or whatever and like to fit however they were going to go for the story this time around but like i don't understand the chokehold <laughs> that like the little mermaid and fucking oh my god uh wendy have on y'all like because <laughs> of fucking tinkerbell i don't know i don't know this is my opinion on that now <laughs> one of the controversies of the night was the in memoriam segment that the oscars does for the celebrities that have passed since you know the previous oscars right in the previous year they i feel like they always face backlash with this though because they don't include every single person that has passed and again happened this year i last year i think because they excluded bob saget this year they excluded a few people and Obviously, you know, their family members are pissed. And basically what the (laughs) Academy said was that we receive hundreds and hundreds of submissions and we can't include everybody. They've gone to include a few people in the memoriam segment on the website, but they haven't included everyone. So I don't know. I I feel like that was kind of like a cop-out response, but whatever. What do I know? I don't work for the Academy. Um, (laughs) So Jimmy Kimmel was the host. And I don't necessarily know if I liked Jimmy Kimmel as the host for the Oscars. I like Jimmy Kimmel as a host in general. Like, on his show, a great host. He has, like, very sarcastic, somewhat sometimes dry humor. I don't know. Like... (sighs) Granted, let's be real, y'all, pretty much every single fucking award show is scripted, right? Because they have to make sure that, like, people don't fuck up. So, it's, like, 
todo está preparado of what is and what is not going to be said. To me, <laughs> the constant repeating of Will Smith getting on stage and slapping the shit out of Chris Rock just felt like, I don't know, it felt unnecessary. Like, I get the acknowledgement of what happened prior and how, like, it was inevitable that they were going to make a dig at it, which, like, okay, yeah, right, I get it. But it just, it just kept going, like, the whole fucking night. And then, you know, he made, like, some comments about how much money Babylon lost and just, like, all this shit that, like, it could be done in this whole, like, oh, you know, he's just poking good fun. But, like, I don't know. I, it was something about his delivery that just, like, didn't hit with me this time around. Just my personal opinion on that one. As I stated, everything, everywhere, all at once was a big fucking winner for the Oscars that night. I commend them for it. That is an incredible fucking feat. Like, that is so amazing. The... And we're going to get into, like, my favorite part of the speeches, <laughs> which, yes, somewhat influenced <laughs> the topic of discussion for today on makeup and motivation, which will be the second half of this episode. However, I will start this off by saying I am a very, very big Jamie Lee Curtis fan. I love her in basically everything she's ever fucking done and while i believe she did an amazing job in everything everywhere all at once i think in my personal opinion angela bassett deserved the oscar now people were saying that angela bassett was a sore loser and all this stuff because she didn't clap for jamie lee curtis and blah 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 right and and this is <laughs> this is my issue with like the world at times. It's we ask people to be real and genuine and raw and demonstrate their real fucking emotions, and then when somebody does, especially in like a moment like that, I was talking to one of my besties, and we were having the conversation about the Oscars, and because she came over, and I was still like at the end of it, and we started talking about it. And, I, and she's like, yeah, she's like, she was sitting in that moment, like, realizing the work that she put into that fucking role, and it's, like, the utter shock. And honestly, I think she got snubbed. I think that everyone in attendance to some degree knows that she got snubbed. I think that the Oscars saw an opportunity for retribution with actors that they that the academy had to some degree ostracized because everyone that won right from michelle yo to brendan fraser to kihui kwan to jamie lee they have all been like done dirty to some degree now the other thing right it there is always hollywood politics involved Jamie had gotten this really big hype over the past, like, few weeks, past month from the last award show of, like, she went viral for just how hard she was cheering on Michelle Yeoh and, like, people were fucking loving it. They were like, yes, you know, she's a girl for the girls and all this shit. 
And I feel like had in, right, if I put myself in like the mindset of the academy, if they had not given it to her, then it would have been like a backlash anyway by her fan base. And I personally just think that like the delivery that Angela Bassett did as the queen in, oh my God, I'm like going to cry, in Black Panther Wakanda Forever topped, at least in my eyes to some degree, Jamie's performance in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Personal opinion. Uh, And I think that a lot of people shared that mindset because afterwards when Michael B. Jordan and... Jonathan Majors come on stage to present the Oscar for Best Cinematography. They, you know, obviously Michael B. Jordan walks out and he's like, hey, auntie, right? Because it's like his little little famous fucking snippet. Wow, why can't I talk? <laughs> I'm sorry, I pictured the man smiling at me and lost my senses. Um, um <laughs> It's a bit from Black Panther. You know, he walks into the throne room. He's like, hey, auntie, right? Real smooth, real cute. But he says that, and then Majors goes ahead and says, we love you, right? But it's the emphasis in the way and the delivery that they did it that was very, like, it, it was beyond just a simple statement. It was like, hey, we see you. We know you did that. You deserve that. But it's okay because, like, I don't know. I gave this sense of, like, bigger doors are going to open for you anyway. Um, it frustrates me, but uh, I'll be fine. And then Tamina Elizabeth Banks, when she came up. So she recently directed Cocaine Bear, which, honestly, I want to see. I feel like that movie is going to be fucking stupid funny. And supposedly it's based on a true story, which, like, what the fuck? you know so while she's on stage and she gave the award for special effects so they have a person come out in a giant bear suit and he's like talking to her and she's like translating and then there's a part where the bear asks her hey because i'm pretty sure he points at angela bassett or the bear points at angela bassett and elizabeth banks is like yes Wakanda is a real place. Like, it, it's all that, like, subtle acknowledgement that I'm just like, okay. So we all know I should have gone to her. <laughs> Maybe I'm just biased. <laughs> because Angela Bassett made me cry and Jamie Lee Curtis's performance didn't make me cry. My very biased opinion aside, there is one point that was my absolute favorite. But, well, okay, so I love watching award shows. I mean, obviously, look, I have a fucking podcast called Pop Culture, right? I have been watching award shows since I was a fucking kid across multiple languages because that's my shit. And I love when they go into snippets of, like, 
the reason behind the category and like history in the category and how like far innovation has come and how some things like there is no form of innovation but to have to replicate a sound for example the explanation of the artistry behind what is being awarded i don't know i just i love it i I love that shit my favorite part though was when one of the directors daniel kwan from everything everywhere all at once which if you guys have not seen any of the films that i have mentioned in this episode you should definitely check them out they are all really good fucking films in their own right not all of them might be your cup of tea but (laughs) you should watch them because they're they're really good films the thing that i loved about daniel kwan's acceptance speech first off Everyone killed it with the acceptance speeches. I was blubbering like a fucking fool pretty much the entire time. Because uh, I was like, yes, oh my god, I'm so proud of them. They did it, right? Secondhand proud and shit, like if I knew them. <laughs> One day. Este, pero. The part where Daniel Kwan openly and publicly on live national television spoke out about his imposter syndrome was the part for me donde yo me quedé like, whoa. And I paused it like when i was re-watching i like paused it and i was like he literally just said that he literally just fucking said that that is amazing why is this amazing why does it matter Monroe? <laughs> because as a creator myself as artists to everyone listening that is an artist to anyone that has mental health issues to anyone that is striving to not just achieve to live i don't know what society calls a normal life but for someone that is looking to achieve greatness and success to a memorable degree and to leave an imprint on this fucking world right i'm pretty sure we're all really familiar with imposter syndrome Especially, I feel like creatives, people that are very into the arts, people that are leaders of some sort, whether it is in a business or what have you, have this notion of like, (laughs) you am I seriously doing this? And the fact that Daniel Kwan is up there on the Oscars stage and openly spoke about the fact that like... (laughs) He was taking so long with his speech because his imposter syndrome had kicked in. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Yes. It is being acknowledged. Someone is literally up there. And like, not just that, but it felt very relatable, I think, is the part that really just, (gasps) me, you know? Because I was like, yo, I I get that. I completely get that when I've had, you know, conversations with people. I'm just like, (laughs) holy shit. I've bamboozled you all into thinking I know what the fuck I'm talking about when really, what the fuck am I talking about, right? It's, that's the sensation of imposter syndrome. And on that note... (laughs) In one of my shittier segues, we are going to now tune in to the portion of the Makeup and Motivation 
video that is up now on YouTube for your viewing pleasure, but if you want to simply listen to the episode, or if you're coming from YouTube because you don't have time to sit there and watch me do my makeup, which like, it was good as look, y'all. <laughs> or, you know, uh, <laughs> you're driving and you couldn't watch YouTube. Welcome. <laughs> but we are going to take a quick break first, and we're going to dive more into what imposter syndrome is. Uh, if this is where you're leaving me, my lovely hummingbirds, I'll catch you on the next one. Congratulations to everyone that won an Oscar. Uh, congratulations to everyone that is still here today and achieving to do their best every day. I love y'all. If no one's told you, I will tell you. I'm proud of you and I love you. Uh, but yeah, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with the section discussing imposter syndrome. Okay, I love you. Today's topic of conversation, as you so saw, my lovely hummingbirds, is imposter syndrome. Porque el síndrome del impostor. Well, <laughs> over the course of the past week, a uh, couple weeks, I have been in this mode of like really, really doing what the fuck I gotta do on the back end for y'all as far as like content goes and making sure like everything is set up and then I have like a schedule and all the good fun shit of it, the process of it all. And through that, I have to some degree been pushing myself to like communicate with other creators more and people that I, God willing, will get on pop culture at some point and when I had gotten correspondence from a few people, I damn near shit myself. I cried, I jumped for joy, it was beautiful. Uh, who it is, can't tell y'all. <laughs> I've had correspondence with a few people and honestly, it's been such a learning experience this past week. This week coming up for me is a very difficult week. It's a traumatic anniversary and I thought I was fine. Also, that's also been really impacting it, but like my body had like pre-anxiety for a week, did a whole lot of sleeping, which <laughs> is in preparation for like everything my body's going to feel uh, at the end of this week. And crazy times it is endometriosis awareness month which like <laughs> i am a pun on the chessboard of the universe but we're gonna leave that alone for now imposter syndrome what the fuck does any of that have to do with it i've been doing pop culture for years now going on three this may <laughs> Uh, officially independent, which I don't know how I feel about pop culture being a tourist, but we're going to leave that alone too. <laughs> um, but officially independent for three years and boy, oh boy, was I a wreck when I first started. I was avoiding listening to the original episodes, which I intended to do because of like my own back end shit, but I avoided it because I was so scared of what I was going to hear. And my fear was that there would be no change. 
that I would sound then exactly as I sound now and that there has been no progression whatsoever and that I am a fraud <laughs> and I am a fake and I am a phony and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing was essentially all of the anxieties. And then I listened and on that very first intro episode, <laughs> I was like, I was in present day cringing to myself. I was like, baby, you were so scared. Por qué? Fucking loud at like 20, 20%. Not 20%. You're fucking loud like 90% of your life. Like, how are you so scared right now? And, you know, I get it. I get why. Monroe then was terrified. And I've been, you know, slowly but steadily re-listening to all the episodes. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I can see me inside of it trying to creep out and screaming for that attention and like i don't mean like outer attention <laughs> i mean like self-acknowledgement is the word that we're gonna go with because that's what i mean um <laughs> it was that self-acknowledgement of like hey like i'm still here like everything you wanted to do is possible i just need you to be you and I couldn't really fathom how that even was going to be a thing, right? So what is imposter syndrome, you ask? Well, <laughs> by the way, today's episode is in congruence with the latest pop culture episode. And if you are so inclined, which you should totally be inclined, go <laughs> and listen to it in the link in the description. Now, <laughs> imposter syndrome is essentially not to be confused with side character syndrome, um, <laughs> which is the act of like being. <laughs> so my example was that Sam is the main character in Lord of the Rings and Frodo is the side character, but essentially that not making yourself Luigi when you're Mario, right? Or not fucking, God, why can't I think of any <laughs> side characters right now? Not thinking you're Bon and Elizabeth when you're Meliodas and, I mean, Bon and Elizabeth. Hello? <laughs> Love triangle. Not thinking you're Bon and Elaine when you're Meliodas and Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> so, side character syndrome is you essentially being the best cheerleader for everybody else and then just being like okay on the sidelines bye chilling right imposter syndrome it's rough <laughs> it is a rough fucking thing so essentially like i said it is this it is the act of being good at what the fuck you do and denying it so, por ejemplo, say you get dressed, right? And like, like you went from damn to badass bitch, right? You went from like, okay, you know, I look good to like, damn, papi. Like, you know, like real in your shit. And you go, you meet up with your friends. And then one of your friends is like hyping you up. And you're like, yeah, you know, and then you start nitpicking. 
at every little thing. You're like, yeah, well, you know, this is torn or I got this over here or I got this over here or it's nothing or it was on sale or all this bullshit. Instead of simply taking the compliment that is acknowledging that, damn, you fucking look good. <laughs> it's the same thing with imposter syndrome. Oftentimes, um, at least in my experience, majority of the time, the reason that imposter syndrome develops is due to traumatic experiences in our childhood. Now, as I've stated before on here many times, there are varying degrees of trauma. Not everything is, you know, the worst end of the spectrum, which can be, you know, physical, financial abuse and all that. And the least of like getting bullied, which like, granted, it's all bad, but you get what I'm saying? There's varying degrees of it. And to each form, it has its own varying degrees. When you experience traumatic situations, traumatic experiences where you are put down, where you are forced to diminish your light in order to keep yourself safe, in order to keep yourself protected, in order to appease uh, someone that is causing you harm, an abuser, a parent, family member, friend, relative, whatever it might be. For example, say you're a little bitty baby, <laughs> a toddler, for ejemplo, right? Say you're a toddler, say you're like six, five or six, and you draw a picture. Now, granted, you're a baby. You're not gonna be out here drawing fucking Picassos. I mean, shit, you might. If you, if you are a six-year-old first off watching this channel, I really hope your parents are with you secondly. <laughs> um, secondly, if you can draw like that, teach me. <laughs> teach me your ways. Like, I'm decent. I'm not gonna say I am Van Gogh. I am decent. My art, is this <laughs> say you bring up your drawing right and this could be any age honestly and you show it to someone you care about someone whose opinion actually matters especially when we're younger like we have people who like we give a fuck what they think specifically our parents really damn like siblings siblings always fight <laughs> siblings are siblings but especially a parent you bring it up and you're like oh my god look at what i did and then they're like oh cool and i don't mean like if you're a parent and your kid brought you like the hundredth piece of squiggly line paper that day <laughs> and you're tired no i mean like they actually you know it's one of those they sat down and they put that effort in and brought you this thing that they created and you giving this to your parent, they're just like, oh yeah, no, it's so great. And they're over here busy doing something else. And you're just like, can you please just look at it? And then they're like, oh yeah, no, it's great. Whatever, whatever. Or they can criticize it and be like, what the fuck is that? Right? And just be rude or then start badgering you and start saying no what are you doing like don't fucking do that that's so stupid go do something else go do over here help me do this uh and then that little spark that was so bright right 
We're, <laughs> we're gonna do a visual representation here. A little spark. Eventually blows out. Because that insecurity starts to kick in. That doubt starts to kick in of like, damn, maybe I am trash. Maybe whatever the fuck I'm presenting is not good enough. Maybe I do suck at my art. And then you grow up and you become an adult and you still have your interests and you still have your core hobbies and things that you love to do. And then, and not saying just because of one incident you're gonna like grow up and then it's gonna ruin everything. I'm saying patterns happens through patterns you grow up and you get a big boy big girl big person job and you start doing really fucking good because you grew up with the innate mindset that in order to do good you had to bust your ass work hard play to hard mentality and you succeed rapidly and you grow and you're doing amazing and you get accolades and your response whenever you get an accolade is oh it was nothing oh it's okay oh no but i could have done this better actually no this is horrible like this could have and you start nitpicking again at everything that could go wrong at everything that could have gone better in your eyes because obviously we're our worst fucking critics <laughs> We usually are, especially artists, entrepreneurs, people that have gone through trauma, people that have dealt with the need to people please because of their experiences. And then that little nitpicking branches off and it happens like a vicious little cycle every time you do something. And if you don't check it, then you become indecisive and untrusting in your choices, your actions, your decisions. Like, I know we all joke like, oh, girls don't know what the fuck they want to eat type of thing. And like, is it that your girl and her friends don't ever know where they want to eat or are they just simply dealing <laughs> with imposter syndrome that every choice that they make is going to be inherently incorrect even if it's not? Uh <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> y'all, my bullshit aside, so. How do we deal with imposter syndrome? <laughs> I'm still learning, right? That's, that's what this whole channel honestly is about, is me learning and delivering whatever the fuck I learn. Imposter syndrome is rough. Imposter syndrome is a rough place to be because so they talked about it during the Academy Awards, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once received an Oscar. The two creators were up there and one of them, he's like standing there. He's like, I'm so sorry that I'm like, you know, literally fucking shaking at this point because my imposter syndrome is kicking in. And I sat on my couch. Uh, first off, I cheered. I was like, yes, that's fucking right. Talk about it on national TV. <laughs> and I was so fucking thrilled because like the thing that constantly plays in my head is, oh, by the way, I have a spinny chair. <laughs> so if you ever see me moving, I'm not physically moving my body. I'm just like in a really chair. Wait. 
little things that provide me dopamine throughout the day. <laughs> so, he said it. And the thing that constantly, not constantly, but on a frequent basis more than I'd like to admit, plays throughout my head is the scene from Joker. Not Suicide Squad or any of them, but the, the I was gonna say, what? <laughs> Hello? The one with Joaquin Phoenix, and he says that, like, you know, society is cool with you having a, totally paraphrasing, society is cool with you having a mental illness until you start acting like the illness that you have, and then it's not okay. And <laughs> we see it all the time, right? We see it all the time on every form of me, like, oh, I have health issues too, and you don't see me being a dick because of them and all this stuff. Absolutely. Always show as much love and kindness as you possibly fucking can but outbursts are a thing uh outbursts are a thing mood swings are a thing mood changes are a thing like it is a a lot are essentially a chemical imbalance within the brain there are ways to help cope through this but imposter syndrome is one of those little lying ass bitches so <laughs> She's a little voice inside your head. It's the little voice inside your head. That seems like it has a fucking megaphone. <laughs> seems like it has a megaphone. None of it looks right. <laughs> seems like uh, it has a megaphone. <laughs> and it's just belting. Especially when you do good. Now, in my drama program, and I'm gonna keep saying it because I, I was there, but also because, I don't know, I think it should be more available to everybody. You know, we all experience traumas in varying degrees. And if programs such as the one that I was at, Compass, here in Chicago, was more readily accessible, maybe we wouldn't have so many hurt people hurting people. But, personal opinion. In the program, one of the things that they taught me, and Kara, I love you for this girl, cause my imposter syndrome hits, it used to hit a lot more all the time. And I mean, all the time, whether it was an outfit that I was wearing, whether it was what I was deciding to eat for the day, whether it was what content I was gonna post, like, all these voices of putting down the idea bridges and i'm sitting here like literally like that like <laughs> then that's the example i would just sit here and then go into full-blown dissociation and then hours would pass me by and I would do nothing of what I wanted to do because the belief that I was not good enough was so strong. And then the exercise that I learned is asking whose voice is it? What does that mean? It essentially is you sit there and you acknowledge the thought and then verbally, at least when I first started, I definitely was like, okay, whose voice is this? Because when you're not in that funk, you're doing shit, you're moving, 
you know, you're out here like, am I on a manic high? Like I'm just out here doing shit and getting it done. And then when you see it, you're like, oh my God, what have I done? I mean, there's people out here making it, doing a lot less with half the fucking talent that you have, my love. So, I don't know who that message was for, but hey, oh, by the way, if you're new to makeup and motivation, this is half scripted and half intuitive. So whatever messages come forth, they might be for you. Uh, but I sat there and I was like, okay, one, I'm wasting time. Granted, no time is a waste of time, but in my eyes in that moment, I was like, I could be doing so much more with this time so much better. And I started doing that. And the more that I started asking whose voice it was, acknowledging it, and then stating like, you have no power here. You are not physically here. A lot of the voices were people that I once was close to, uh, people still close to me currently. And it was essentially judgments passed on my person from their expectations and beliefs. One of the hardest processes during the journey of self-love and healing and all that good shit is getting to know who the fuck you are without everybody else's opinion. And when the imposter syndrome hits, when you do something really fucking good, say you are a prima ballerina and you have been kicking ass and you have worked for this your entire fucking life and you get it. And you stand on that stage and you fucking kill it and then you get off and you're like, I am a fraud. I don't deserve to be here. They made the wrong choice. Me? Why me? What the fuck? Or say you work at, enter big name corporation here and you quickly rise through the fucking ranks of the company and you're doing your shit and then boom, you are at the national conference for the company and you're giving a speech on that stage and you're standing around and you're like, ooh, I've deceived you all. <laughs> all of you have been deceived into believing that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Trust me, that hits me. A lot. <laughs> Especially with all the content I'm making, Lord, I'm like, me. We're trusting me with this. Crazy. <laughs> and it's hearing that voice and in that moment being like, pause. Who's saying this right now? Who is saying this right now to me that requires some form of attention or some thing that I have clutched onto that it's now time to let go of. Because a lot of times, and I can't speak for y'all, but definitely for me, some of my biggest fucking drivers is my anger. <laughs> it is my anger, it is my hate, my disdain, my wanting to stick it in their faces and just being like, fuck you, I did it anyway type of thing, right? That's big, big motivator for me. <laughs> Don't know why I'm like this. I do know why I'm like this, that's the point here. And a lot of times when 
because that in itself is a cycle, right? Our biggest motivator should be ourselves. Our biggest motivator should be ourselves wanting to do good for ourselves because we genuinely deserve a good life. We deserve to be happy. We deserve to enjoy, to explore, to live, not just simply survive. And when I started realizing that that is one of my patterns, <laughs> that I am like, oh, you think I can't do it? Watch me. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. Why am I so adamant about that though? <laughs> because let's be real, in not even five years, in like a month, is this person gonna matter? There was a thing that I said before on pop culture and I don't remember what fucking episode, so I'm not gonna lie to y'all, but I said it before and I was like, if it's not feeding me, fighting me or fucking me, I don't want it. It has no place in my life. I don't need it. And I know you're thinking like, bitch, fight, toxica. <laughs> what do you mean? So what I mean by that is, <laughs> if you're not feeding my mind with knowledge, with like, and all of this is reciprocal, okay? Every, all of our relationships should be to some degree a give and take and equal exchange, right? If you have kids, that's a little different. I don't know why I'm saying that. So for parents, I saw a thing recently that, and I don't know why it's coming up now, but essentially, and all my lovely hummingbirds out there, if you have suffered abuse at the hand of your parents, I am so sorry. I love you. There is help. There is resources out there. It will get better. You will heal. Even if with the healing, and I'm sorry to say this for anyone that's not ready, my bad. Um, it just comes with fucking understanding of where they're coming from and their traumas and shit they dealt with. Real sick realizations. Anyway, if you're a parent, it's a little different, right? Like, you have your kiddos and obviously you're giving them everything. <laughs> um, but you know, make them do chores. Um, <laughs> have, have like a little allowance system, some shit. But <laughs> yeah, and yes, again, don't know who this is for, but yes, you will have the capacity to give your babies everything you never had growing up. You will be able to. Just make sure you don't fall into the cycles of forcing them to live the life that you wanted to live. Allow them to be. Anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> the feeding me, fighting me, fucking me, equal exchange. Feed me, feed my soul, feed my spirit, feed my mind, feed my body, <laughs> physically. Let's go eat. <laughs> when I say mind, body, spirit, you know, and really, what is life but all three? Sharing information, intelligence, you know, like if you read something that's super fucking interesting, it's like, hey, tell me about it. If you found this really cool place that you want to go try some random new shit you've never done, let's fucking go. There is this food you want to try making or going out to eat to this new fucking place, let's fucking do it. The fighting me part. 
I don't mean beat downs and no, no abuse. No yelling, no kicking, no screaming, none of that. The fight me has to be done with clear communication and a whole lot of love. And that is one of the hardest fucking steps because none of us are perfect. And if you're sitting here thinking you are the perfection incarnate, my love, that's some work to do. None of us are perfect. Granted, you are beautiful exactly as you are and you are enough and all that good shit. But we all make mistakes, we're all flawed. We all have moments where we do a lot of shit we really shouldn't be fucking doing. And that's where the fighting comes in. It's not a fight me, it's a fight with me for us to do better collectively. Because we all slip up, we all have our moments. And to some degree, especially for all my loves out there that do have mental health issues, that fight is also a fight for me. Because y'all know when that depression wave hits, you ain't going down for a day. You're going down for a three. At least. And that means nothing in the house is getting done. And that means your hygiene is going down the fucking drain. And that means a slew of things. And in that moment, as the significant other, not saying it's your job responsibility what the fuck to do but it's having that awareness to be like now i know you have an alarm on your phone telling you hey you gotta go do this why are you not doing it with love <laughs> it's that accountability of holding each other accountable to being the best versions of yourselves that you say you want to be and that you're actually working towards being. Because a relationship is a choice. To be in love is a choice. To be with someone is a choice. And love is not found simply in the good moments, it's found in those shitty moments where you might have to hold your significant other accountable, be like, because, you know, we we really are in a setting where it's like, fuck you, you don't want to do it, fuck yourself over. It's like, mm, I don't know, in my opinion. Granted, no babying, no people pleasing, no being this person's parent. I'm not doing that. <laughs> not doing that until you're 23. But hold yourself accountable and remind them of their accountability. The fuck me. <laughs> Besides physically. Um, <laughs> fuck my head up. Show me a new perspective. Live with me. Grow with me. Experience life. Show me a world that you I've never seen before because I definitely will show you one you've never seen before. 
And if you have people in your life that are not doing those things, you need to reevaluate. Because you can't pour from an empty cup and a lot of times imposter syndrome comes because you've gone through many cycles of burning out, many cycles of people pleasing, many cycles of abusing yourself, doing shit not aligned with you, self-sabotaging, side character syndrome, and a lot more stuff we're going to cover on this channel. But... How do we kick imposter syndrome to the curb? <gasps> takes work, takes practice, takes time, and it involves acceptance. Acceptance of who you are, acceptance of what is in front of you, talking about it with friends, with family, with loved ones, people in your circle, in your tribe that understand professional people that understand and going through the motions of saying whose voice is this why is it present what is it that I'm lacking in this moment and by lacking I mean like what are your seeds so if you haven't seen previous episodes of pop culture your seeds are essentially this and you know what what base function am I you know, locking in and do I need to sleep more? Do I need to eat more? Do I need to exercise? Am I listening to my doctor's orders? Am I doing my self-care? What is it that I need? And if you do find yourself on that big fucking stage and you're like, yo, <laughs> I've bamboozled you all. They got the wrong bitch. Take a pause and take it in because you deserve it. Everything that you're doing, everything everywhere all at once that you are doing to make the life that you want for yourself a reality is that moment all put together. That is the culmination of every step, every sleepless night, every moment of doubt or insecurity or of lessons that you have had to learn because failure is not a thing, but even failures, if you want to call them that. And you know, run through that and sit there and be like, you know what? No, I do deserve this. I deserve this moment. I deserve this moment of joy. And take every day, because it's an everyday thing, to show a little gratitude for yourself. Love on you. Love on you. But also, tell your body like, hey, I'm glad we woke up today. I'm glad you were strong enough or capable enough to help me do whatever list of items I had. Hey. I'm glad we got to rest today in order to recuperate our energy for tomorrow or whenever the next day.
Gratitude is going to be very, very, very important to show yourself as well as grace. Giving yourself that grace to be like, damn. And acknowledgement. Acknowledgement, understanding, accountability that you're not perfect and you have made mistakes, but it's okay. And also, at the end of the day, my lovely hummingbirds, none of us know what the fuck we're doing. We're just making it up as we go along. Because <laughs> honestly, that's life. <laughs> and some of it just has better uh, scientific proof than others. <laughs> but <laughs> You're allowed to wing it. You're allowed... And so cheesy, and I know you've probably fucking seen it everywhere on the internet, but I don't care. You are allowed to wake up today and decide to be a completely different fucking person, have a completely different fucking style, do a completely different thing to what you're used to. It is okay to wake up and decide to be you because there is no one you. You are everything that you love. You are everything that you hate. You are you in your entirety. So be it. But yeah, that's imposter syndrome. What the fuck does this have to do with Wednesday? I don't know. I thought it looked cute. I thought this was like a nice little emo look to go with because she's like so angsty or whatever. And I'm not allergic to color, so. <laughs> but yeah. That's it for today's episode of Makeup and Motivation. All right, my lovely hummingbirds, that is it for me today. Uh, I'll catch y'all tomorrow. We're gonna do a pick a card tomorrow for a grain of salt because that's just how I'm feeling. That's the mood, that's the vibe. I hope you like it. Uh, and as always, les mando mucha paz, muchos besos y les recuerdo que miren hacia la luna sending you much peace many kisses and reminding you to always look up the moon i love you guys so much uh god willing we're not gonna have any more fucking delays as far as content goes but yeah i hope you enjoy it i hope you take time to really show gratitude for yourself and when the little imposter gnome troll creature starts in your ear, tell her to go fuck itself. <laughs> You're busy. <laughs> Shit to do. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Okay, I love you. Bye!